Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You found Atomic Android Radio. Hello and welcome to In Universe, where we talk the ins and outs of our favorite fictional universes. I'm Adam. I'm Andrew. And today we're talking about Starfinder, the tabletop uh, role-playing game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, we did the Pathfinder yeah. episode a while ago, and that this, was pretty fun. This will be something of a sequel to that episode, as um, we talked about our Pathfinder yeah, world, that and, and Pat Starfinder is a sequel to Pathfinder, right, and Starfinder so it the... would make sense that our Starfinders are sequels to our Pathfinder. Exactly. So while it's not necessarily necessary, a, a thing I say too often and is a bit <laughs> redundant, um, to go back and listen to that if you haven't or just want a refresher, I guess, it's, that's definitely not like a thing you have to do. We'll probably provide enough context that you'll mm-hmm. just be fine. Uh, well, look, but if you feel fun. like it, and, yeah. And if you haven't listened to it, we'd appreciate it if you had. Do. Yeah, and it's it's it'll be very similar to this one. So if you like yeah. this one, you'll probably like that one. Exactly. But um, before we get started here, uh, there's one thing I want to say, and it's that I have found my star, and it's you, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. And you're my finder. You find everything I lost. Uh, anyways, um... <laughs> but yeah. So, um, Star uh, Starfinder is a sequel to the tabletop role playing game Pathfinder. Uh, it is built on a slightly different system, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, carries on with its own very much inset rules, which, like we said on the Pathfinder one. Uh, you as a DM or GM uh, have the decision to go with or not. And I chose not. So that's probably what we'll be going with today. Yeah, look, no, that's fair. Uh, it Like, you've kind of said that it made it seem like gameplay-wise. Most of the gameplay, I think I have fairly the same. And then I have, like, this, I kept, like, the skeleton... Um, yeah, I meant lore-wise, you're right. Yeah, lore-wise. Uh, lore-wise, I did keep the skeleton of the setting, but there's a couple of things I swapped out. Um, like, for one, uh, like, they have the whole, like, oh, this is, like, the dragon homeworld, and this is, like, the elf 
home world where it's like it kind of implies that they're from here and came to in Pathfinder and be Galorian. Uh, or I, I didn't really like that. And so I'm like, it, it's the other way around. They yeah, I have started, that similar as well. Yeah, they're from Galorian or um, uh, was, I <laughs> forgot the name of my world as a whole. Oh, Alorsis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're from that and they moved outward. One thing I also did uh, a bit differently uh, that so there's the whole idea of the gap in yes. Starfinder. Uh, in fact, we'll, we probably should get yeah, into more of the we'll, specifics we'll, of Starfinder. Yeah, we'll probably talk about that. But uh, the main game uh, takes place, I think, about 300 years after the gap, or uh, I, I pushed that way back. I think I added like a thousand years to it or something, just because I thought it was weird to have that if you're going to have that sort of thing for it to be uh, more recent. I think that's the main differences I have about the packed worlds. Um, and other than that, as a whole, I think they're, they're relatively the same mm -hmm. as the packed world. But by, uh, but for me, it's a similar thing where um, with my Pathfinder world, I had a whole world and I put the map of Galorian as a piece of that world. Where on Starfinder, um, I have the packed worlds as sort of like a piece of, I think I got about six star systems I have, like sort of neighboring each other and whatnot, including the packed worlds and the Vesk Empire. Yeah. And then like all those I have on my uh, uh, own shit going on. Uh, yeah, I do think it is worthwhile as... Starfinder is a relatively niche uh, tabletop role-playing system. Mm -hmm. um, very few people really play it. There's not a ton of like um, online community for it. It does oh, exist. Yeah. No, it's I, just far I, less than something yeah, like Yeah, I, I feel like I do have to scrounge for Starfinder content. On, yeah. Like, online on like youtube and whatnot that's not to say it doesn't exist it's just yeah, a lot less than something else. yeah it's it's a lot smaller of a thing even the people that enjoy playing pathfinder not all of them play right Starfinder. um so yeah i think it's worthwhile to really get into what starfinder is yeah and no that's fair. starfinder is a science fantasy setting that takes its uh cues and history from the Pathfinder setting in that not only is it science fiction in space, it, its name mm -hmm. is very reminiscent of Star Wars. There is also literal magic and elves and yeah, gnomes and, and orcs and dragons. Right. And, they all exist. They're just in the future in space. Yeah, no, which, which um, I find cool. Yeah. I'm not like, I wouldn't be the first to jump on that sort of thing. Uh, if it was just like some new like movie or something that came off, like I feel like that that by itself is not uh, is not a selling point for me, I guess, mm -hmm. like that gimmick. But for a role playing setting, I think it it rules. I think that's like you take all the fun you have of uh, 
D&D and Pathfinder and fantasy RPGs in general, and you put the sweet, sweet spice of science fiction, and uh, I, I think that works really well. I really enjoy it for that. Yeah, idea. I think it's fun. I like the idea of hybrid uh, items, which is there's you know magical items like your standard D&D fair. Mm -hmm. There's technological items like your standard science fiction fair. And then there's the bridge between them, which is hybrid magical items. Well, hybrid items, I suppose, um, which I think are really cool. They're an interesting way to sort of do things. You can have a force field powered by a thunder spirit. Or, yeah, no. Yeah, it's just a cool idea. Those are a cool idea. One um, idea I really like uh, with the two genres melding is the idea of the other planes and everything yeah. but being looked at on like a galaxy or solar system type scale like dealing with the space of those planes is like a really like interesting like concept to me mm -hmm. i think that's a really fun uh, melding of the two um and yeah i i really enjoy just um like just having a classic fucking like little hobbit or gnome or whatever, <laughs> but having like a laser gun and shit. Yeah, it's a it's a fun um premise. Mm -hmm. Uh so that premise comes with some things that like we said we sort of modify, like like I think most people who play tabletop role-playing games like D D or Pathfinder do. You oh, yeah. take what exists and you modify it or just make your uh, own thing. Yeah, unless you're one of those people. And it's not a bad thing or anything who are like, my world is the books. Like, right, right. If you it, only play in like the Forgotten Realms mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, that, that happens. And it's yeah. uh, just a different play style. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so in the strict Path or Starfinder lore, there is something that you brought up called The Gap, which is this uh, story writing device of there is a period of time where nobody remembers what happened that brought us from you know sword and sorcery to space guns and mm -hmm. nebula I can't, I can't think of another s word suns space guns and soccer moms yep uh so yeah the how you actually go from a medieval style society to a spacefaring society in the official starfinder books is relegated to the gap nobody knows yeah um it, that's one thing uh that we've talked about the idea of the gap before yeah. personally and um i brought up that for most mediums uh it is a very uh hand wavy and lazy writing device um but for an rpg system specifically i do think it could be a useful tool for especially for the people that have a lot of the, like you brought up homebrew and their own spin on things. If there's not the quite matchup between your Pathfinder and Starfinder, I do think that gives you a little bit of leeway, that sort of idea. The one thing uh, I, I don't like is the fact that for one, it is such a big thing where it is, and, and maybe I we could I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure it is uh, from fantasy to uh, sci-fi. The whole like transition uh, is like not remembered and everything. 
Um, it, I, I think that's a pretty dumb idea. Um, and for if you're going to play with it, uh, I, I think it is like a bit weird for it to like because the concept of a gap in like knowledge could be really cool. But I think it'd be cool if you're like if it's like generations back where you're like, OK, so like we have recorded history from this point and recorded history from this point at, but like in between we're missing this like puzzle yeah. piece and everything but just but, sort of how i i solve that similar issue since i don't use the gap mm -hmm. but um it, it's it's really weird to me and this is one reason why i put my Starfinder even further in the future that like it's so recent of a thing and like like you, there's long lived races, so right, right. there's a bunch of people that are like, Yeah, there's just a bit of my a good chunk of my life I don't remember. Like, I know like my wife and kids and everything, but I, I don't know what was going on like in politics, and that that's a that's a bit weird to me, and I don't like, mm, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of the gap as mm -hmm. a concept. I think there are ways you can do that a little better, like you had said. With just having it be a gap in recorded knowledge mm -hmm. especially when um the game uh likes to tease the idea of people who know what happened during the gap a lot in a lot of yeah. um the book and in a lot of uh what is it the play paths basically modules mm -hmm. there tends to be a I lot of adventure paths adventure paths is the, yeah what they're called uh there tends to be uh i've noticed it in at least one but i think there was another one uh of oh my gosh, this ship was like came out of the drift some, one day. There might be people on it who know what happened during oh, the gap. Yeah, no. uh, it's like, yeah. It, it's, it's a bit weird. and it, it, The word I want to use for it is cheesy. Yeah, it, it's cheesy yeah. and it, it feels arbitrary. Like that's mm -hmm. only a mystery because you haven't put in the work to make it either not a mystery or not a worthwhile mystery mm -hmm. that that is one thing um that i like i i guess about the way i do you know, i guess that's one thing why i do it the way i do is what i want to say is that if it's recorded history and it's a long time ago you could have interesting things like conflicting stories about what people said happened mm -hmm. during it and everything and like you can have people that are like really long lived races where it's not like oh i'm uh, like i lived for a couple hundred years it's like the things that are feel ancient and everything where it's like thousands of years where it's like oh those might be sources of information of what right. actually happened but yeah with it being so recent and like so much uh, like if it feels like what it is and i guess this is i admitted to this being why i use it but for the com a big company like paizo using it um it feels like when they released starfinder they're like oh we don't know what we're doing like what we want to do now so we could use this as a oh we'll push it off till later yeah i do explore think it. um the entire idea of the gap really finds its usefulness and a bit of his laziness with the idea uh, that you're going to be running games concurrently, running games mm -hmm. in Pathfinder set in that time period yeah. that could potentially have effects on the grander scale 
yeah, in that, your Starfinder. Yeah, and that's definitely why I like why I'm like, oh yeah, I could use the gap and like it it, it could be it a gives you tool. some leeway. Yeah, in, say your twentieth level wizard character kills a specific demon or whatever that's important later on. You need mm. some time to either figure out, all right, well, this is a new demon with the same name, or yeah, they brought no, that demon and, back to life. And yeah, like I see that could be a really useful tool. And I really understand that for the medium of RPG where it's game master running unpredictable stories for players. Right. But for Paizo specifically to center so much of their writing around it and for it to be just so lazy yeah that that specifically feels a bit lazy because they're not the gms they're not worried about you and your specific story connecting those threads not Uh, not, they shouldn't be and they don't they're not necessarily but for a lot of the way they write even back just in pathfinder they did try to do that kind of thing yeah, which uh, I like, I could see and everything, but them doing it, maybe it's because I homebrew so much. Or yeah, everything. it feels like them. it, but not everybody does. Some people do just play the modules mm-hmm. and they want to make sure that those still work if you're still doing that. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. No, that, that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, um, I guess because this is our complain section of this podcast. <laughs> um, I'll get into some of the things I don't quite like about the system. Uh, I think it's one, there's far fewer classes. Yeah, that's my biggest issue with the system is class choice. Yeah, there's just less of them. That's and and what is there feels a lot more limited. And uh, what we talked about before, because it's such a niche thing and there's not a big online community for it. If that was a problem, and I don't think it is in, say, Pathfinder or D&D, there's a lot of content that's like third party or like Yes, there's a lot of homebrew stuff for those. that you can go and find and kind of make that selection bigger when there's not, uh, not as much of that not as for much. Starfinder. The only thing I could find for more classes on Starfinder is basically um someone went through and did the work for pathfinder classes yes and i i've been i've been working on that uh lately where they've made the pathfinder classes they call them starfarer classes where it's like starfarer wizard starfarer sorcerer like it's the pathfinder classes and they've translated it to uh starfinder and i've been going through and i've seen some little issues and tweaks in that that I've been going through and changing. So I, I've been working on that to get those into specifically, uh, we just started using Foundry. Yes. And I think that's a good place to put like yeah. classes and everything, choices and whatnot. Um, so, and those are on there. So I've been working on that lately to get more options in uh, mm-hmm. the classing because that is my biggest issue with starfinders the classes there's i very few of them um a lot of them um don't feel all that unique like there's ones that definitely do like i think solarian yeah is like a fun new thing but uh like soldier and envoy um i i could tell this because we're playing a game right now where i'm playing a soldier and we're playing with friend of the show marco and he's playing an envoy and our he's play playing styles Oh, operative. That's the one I meant. Our play styles 
aren't Damn really all identical. that different, yeah. like mechanically. Like we have different bonuses to stuff and whatnot. And he but gets we're not, things like trick attack and yeah, but we're not really playing all too different. Right. And the the best way I can describe it is in Pathfinder, those two characters would be you playing a fighter and him mm-hmm. playing a rogue. And there's a huge difference in playing those two different yeah. types of characters in Pathfinder, whereas in Starfinder there doesn't seem to be as much of a like difference you can really feel when playing mm-hmm. to playing operative or soldier. Yeah, I think it's only like the even Solarian feels very much because that's usually the class I go to. Yeah, there's a very funny running there, gag. Yeah, there's a running gag where one time uh, <laughs> I went to play Solarian. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I, I went, we were going to play Starfinder. I'm like, oh, I think I'll play Solarian. I don't think I've ever done that before. And then I thought that. Yeah, we and, went back and thought about it. And, and every other character I've played with Solarian. To be fair, um, at the time, I didn't play much because when this game came out, it was very much like uh, I was kind of the default for the Starfinder. Yeah. Because it, it, like when we would play with friends, if we played pathfinder we mostly did you running yeah the games, if we did pathfinder i would run them but if we did starfinder because you owned the books mm-hmm. uh you would play you would dm the game yes yeah, when so, i was a player uh, yeah so uh i to be fair i didn't get too many chances to play and they were kind of <laughs> sparse and spread yes. out but the uh, the, the and, phrasing and the of, point still stands. But that uh, was the only class you would ever play. And so now every time I do play, because um, Adam runs a lot more of these games, uh, I I always make the joke when creating a class or a character. Maybe I'll play Solarian. I almost never play those. <laughs> um, yeah. So in those early games. Um, oh, uh, but before we move on, what I'm trying to say is. Uh, even Solarian compared to like Soldier and everything. Oh, Does yeah. it really feel all that different except for every once in a while you could bust out a, a like special power or something you right. got. But like um, play style wise, it, it really it doesn't. doesn't feel all that uh, The way I've found, because I've been making a just a ton of NPCs mm-hmm. for Starfinder as of late, is to multi-class. That's the only way to make like mm-hmm. a unique or, or fun character. Like if you want to make a paladin, it'll say basically, hey, play Solarian, they're our version of paladins. But if you want something that actually feels like a paladin when you play, you're gonna want to pick like soldier a for, soldier for a few then, levels. And then for and the then most part, mystic, mystic yeah. and specifically mystic, either healer or crusader connection. Because mm-hmm. that's the big thing with Starfinder classes. There are less of them, but you're supposed to be able to change different facets of them with different choices to make them feel like other yeah, classes. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I, I get the idea behind that. I don't think it works like, the way that they yeah, really want I, it to. I, I, don't, I think I'd prefer just making, like, like you said, healer mystic and um, crusader, the, mystic, uh, crusader yeah. mystic, two separate things. Um, while we're still on the subject of uh, nitpicks and stuff with the system of whatnot, um, I do really like the um, the stamina HP system. Um, I think I think the, you get too much per yeah, level, but that, I do like fair. the idea. Um, I yeah, I like the idea of it. I like um, because there's like you know like in like in movies or even like you're in a fight 
and then you get punched and you're winded and you're like, okay, uh, let me pick myself up and everything and get back in the game. I get like, that's what stamina is. And with resolve points, you can like reload that and everything before you start getting seriously hurt with HP. One thing I really dislike is how static those are with where it's like uh, with classes, it's you get this much plus con and you get this much plus, I think it's still also con for stamina uh, for classes. And that's one thing I, I, I don't really like. I in Personally, in my role-playing games, I like varying HP. Yeah. It really makes the, for one, it makes the people that are supposed to be, be tough feel way more tougher. And then you get like different levels of toughness between like you, they've both taken of these. out the random yeah. rolling aspect yeah, of HP, no, exactly. which I quite enjoyed. No, me too. Because I, I don't think two fighters in Pathfinder should necessarily have the exact same yeah, HP. Yeah, no, exactly. That's, that's which the they might not have in Pathfinder because of the random rolling they can do. Yeah, but in Starfinder, they'll have the same default, but based on if one has like one more point in Constitution or whatever, they'll have like a set. If they're the same level, say 15, they'll have exactly 15 more points in right. HP and stamina because of that. Which is, I just, it's not bad. It's just a little. Eh. I, I, yeah, it's a, it's a system I could do without. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but I think we've we've complained yeah, quite is, a bit. Is that all about the mechanics and systems and whatnot that uh, we? I think so. Uh, <laughs> System wise, look, it's uh, we complain we a good it. bit, but uh, but it's a good bit. Yeah, we play it. We have fun. Um, uh, there, I, we talked about this before. Um, I think, but we talked about how we disliked uh, Pathfinder Second Edition and don't plan on swapping anytime soon. Uh, if a Starfinder Second Edition came out, I'd be really curious of looking into. I'd be that. curious, and yeah. It, I, I, for the most part, um, Starfinder, because the the time frame of when it came out is very much a first pass at Pathfinder Second Edition. A mm -hmm. lot of the mechanics and changes to the actual structure of play that you find in Second Edition first showed up at least yeah, in some no, form in Starfinder. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily because the the whole path the whole reason I don't like second edition of Pathfinder is because of these decisions. So I wouldn't necessarily think more on Starfinder is what I'd want, but maybe I'd be interested yeah, to do no, this book. Fair. Um, I mostly mean like with uh, and I haven't compared it to Pathfinder second edition, so I probably should to see if uh if they keep the stuff yeah. I, I'd like to tweak and whatnot. If the nitpicks and problems I have in Starfinder would be addressed in a second. Even if it's like a, a Starfinder 1.5 or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think that's... Uh, uh, I, I do think that's all I have to talk about about the mechanics. Yeah, that, that. that's all the complaining I've got, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, we could, I guess now we could talk about world building. Yeah, let's jump into ours. our, our yeah. own specific world building. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have different levels. Like I said, I talked about it at the beginning. Uh, I do have the packed worlds that only have some slight changes. Um, 
for one, my probably my biggest scene is Absalon Station, which uh, I think in the book they say is about five miles. Oh, big, I, wide I, I never knew. Like I, I never read that. I guess I didn't think of it as that tiny. Yeah, no, it's tiny. Uh, that for sure, I definitely made massive. Me too. Um, heaps of the planets I've added satellites and stuff, man-made and. And otherwise, ones are, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I have almost like heaps of like their own little like chain satellites and whatnot floating around mm-hmm. uh, Absalon. Um, I th- yeah, I, I think for the most part, the packed worlds are the same for me. Yeah, uh, well, we're here. I like I had said up top, I, I don't like using the established lore for the most part mm-hmm. in things, um, but it's very difficult to homebrew the entirety of uh, oh, Starfinder yeah. it's, it's the way that you can with Pathfinder. Yeah, it's, it's much harder than in Pathfinder where like, you're like, yeah, I take this system and I drop it in my world. Right. This one, it's very much where it's like you kind of have to use their world. At least some and change, of it, yeah. Yeah, change what you can so, or want to around it. Uh, what I would normally do is just completely wholesale make something up. But like we just said, it's it's much harder to do that in this system. Mm-hmm. So I've kept the names and for the most part, ecologies of most of the established planets, like the packed worlds mm-hmm. or the Vesk worlds. Um, but I have changed a lot of the structures around it, factions and, and things like that. My biggest thing is in the gap in the baseline Starfinder world, uh, Galarian, the planet, uh, equivalent to Earth, where most Pathfinder stories are set, yeah. is just gone. It was, and mm-hmm. it's been replaced by the aforementioned Absalon Station. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I like no, the idea of being fair. able to go back to the old world and do stuff there. Yeah, so, no, that's fair. My approach, I, yeah, uh, yeah, you uh, okay? It just one. I specifically have a idea that I'm not going to get into, but I do think is uh i think it's gonna be really fun for okay. what i got planned for that so i do have it where that planet just disappears but that doesn't mean it's not accessible okay uh, to me to it's just invisible oh it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the other side of the orbit like it's the yeah. opposite side of that so and it's invisible and like man why do, do ships keep disappearing over there <laughs> um so in mine Instead of making it disappear or anything, it's still there. Um, but I, I guess this is a, a something other DMs might have some understanding of. But when you have a game, uh, sometimes they just fizzle out, oh, which yeah. sucks. But I decided to work that into my uh, world building in that my planet, uh, which is, in the Pathfinder episode uh, we established, I've named Ikalpon. Is completely overrun by a multitude of various eldritch monsters and terrible things and demons, etc. That the adventurers were supposed to stop, but a lot of them just didn't. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, from the ones I've seen and dealt with, I have stopped uh, yes. and I've put a cap on those problems. Uh, but through forces without my control those <laughs> demons have been let out of their bottles and what uh sometimes very literally yeah um, no. but uh, yeah so i decided to work that into it so the planet still exists it's just 
a terrible, terrible nightmare world. Yeah. Where no, nobody that... really lives except for monsters and creatures you shouldn't mess yeah, with. Yeah, no, that, that's a really fun idea. I, I, I like that very much. If you're not doing uh, the, the planet's just gone thing, you're doing, oh, it's accessible, but you don't want you to. You don't want to. <laughs> it's where I have, I think, legitimately the toughest and highest level monsters just I've ever made. I just sort of keep them around like level 25 to 30 creatures just yeah, wandering no, around to mess rules. you up. Uh, <laughs> so there, I, that's what I did to circumvent the sort of, oh, it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But my version of Absalon Station is what I call the Orbital Spaceway, which is very much a uh, Valerian city of a thousand planets or whatever situation. A planet of a thousand cities, I think. Yeah, whatever that movie's called. Um where uh it's a space station or it's many space stations built around the planet like a shell Mm -hmm. that just sort of start to interlock and exist next to each other uh so that mine definitely is not five miles long or whatever yeah no that's mine is just a station but it's a planet-sized station very much like like there's the talk about uh death star where it's like the size of a moon where it's like oh it would take days or weeks to walk from one end to another uh mine very much if you wanted to walk across you're taking like months worth of journey to get across (laughs) it i mean it's gonna be much better uh to do that than a regular planet if you're trying to walk the circumference of a planet because like for the most part there's gonna be you're on nobody's of water yeah uh, and you're like everywhere there's like merchants and shops hey you want you want a water bottle continue on the way there's like no deserts you gotta go through or but yeah yeah exactly that's that's my biggest change to the absalon station is that it's fucking massive compared to the uh to the the, yeah baseline one yeah Um, but um i do know your packed world's um, yeah, a lot of the spirit of them seem to be there, but they're they just because it's hard to not. Yeah, if I it's... had the ability, I would have. Trust me, <laughs> but it's just hard to use anything set out in the books if you're not going to at least partially make it like in the books. Yeah, no, and uh, that's a big reason for what I do with a lot of my uh, world building in Starfinder is I'm like that is there, so like you have all those stuff from the books and like the class options and tech and races. But um, if I'm, uh, it, I have all these other solar systems I've made because I've sort of built the world building in this around uh, come up with a cool idea for a solar system and then uh, start dropping planets into there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my favorite one is uh, one I call the Doppel system where it's so it's two suns it's a red sun and a blue sun and they're sort of circling each other uh and then you have all the planets and whatnot circling them um that's probably where i have the most fun uh because in that uh that whole system is kind of the most concentrated uh known uh I guess source is what you call it. It's giving off the most magical energy. Okay. So uh, it, you you'll get a lot of uh, stuff there. Um, uh, I have uh, one 
that uh, I, I quite enjoy uh, putting in there. So this one I call uh, a ruckus. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it's a desert planet uh, with heaps of spice and giant worms on it. <laughs> and uh, that one, it's kind of, it's the closest to the stars and it's um, um, it's sort of locked in, not like locked in, just timed up with the orbit of the red sun. So it doesn't really get any of the blue sun. So like the skies are red and everything. Um, and it, 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 it fits better with the desert theme, I think. That's and uh, that is why I've got a lot of cool ideas because it's such a concentrated source of magic. Uh, I got a lot of magic powders and spices from there that I've done uh, that I really enjoy. Um, uh, people and who if heard, you, yeah, not if you last haven't episode, caught, if you haven't but the caught one on, that. It's, it's a Dune parody. And I love Dune. Yeah, that's why I made it. I, yeah. Surprise. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mine doesn't have a Dune parody. Yeah, I, I made it specifically, this one I made a while ago. Uh, that's when I was running things. I'm like, here's a little gift for Adam. <laughs> um, there, uh, There's another planet I got in that system I call uh, Arcano. And that one's very much, it's like hot in between the to like it's basic you know how like earth is like in the perfect spot right like, close the to our goldilocks planet zone. yeah it's sort of the goldilocks of it so that's got the most variety of magic and it's very powerful uh from there and then like in the mornings it's more red and then for the most part of the day it's a purple sky and then in the evenings it's more the blue sky because it's sort of it's sort of a bit too quick and it moves where how it spins like I, I've sort of like 
drawn out uh like how the rotation would work to get that but it's kind of hard to explain yeah i get that it, it, it's it's in the goldilocks of the things um uh, another one I got in there is the planet Lucent, and that's just, we both have the concept of a crystal force, crystalline force in our Pathfinder worlds. This is like that, but it's a planet. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, it, it's got, it, it's called Lucent because um, it's surprisingly, I really like rings a lot around planets like Saturn's. But I, I found I didn't make too many of those. But this one's very got like a crystalline dust ring around it. And so like it's very uh, shiny. Yeah, yeah, shiny. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Uh, as we'd said in the Pathfinder episode, I have a crystalline forest on my main world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of blowing that out to a planet, um, cause my crystalline force is very specific in how it came to be. Yeah. Uh, it's just more of the main planet is covered in it because more yeah. magical battles have happened. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, a couple more I have, I'll just go, I, I won't do this for each of my systems. This is just my favorite system. Uh, so, uh, I got, um, Leviah, which is just a planet. Heaps filled with kaiju-sized monsters. Oh, hell you go yeah. there, there's just giant monsters everywhere. Um, and then, oh, uh, so one game uh, that I've done a lot of prep for and uh, I've done like world building and whatnot for is um, it's this game set in what I call Hucket Academy, where it's basically you take Hogwarts or like night school or superhero school. It's a school for adventures, uh, but it's in sci-fi fantasy space. And I've put that on the living asteroids of Flog. Oh. Uh, and yeah, for the keen-eyed and um, keen-eared. keen-eared, I guess, um, Flog is a set of floating uh, islands uh, we had in, in our, our world. Pathfinder world. Uh, so how did it get there? Mm, a little mystery to solve. <laughs> but yeah, that's very much, it's like a bunch of asteroids. It is islands. Uh, but them being in space, I guess that just makes them Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, floating yeah, islands in space is kind of, like, most things float in uh, space. Yeah, but they, they're a bunch, it's like uh, a bunch of pieces of uh, Earth and planet and everything floating, but their special thing is uh, they're, they got an atmosphere, so they have, like, life and planets right. and everything on them. And presumably um, a, a portal between our worlds. Yeah, um, and then there's the one last place I have in there, the one last established one. If I want to add more later, I probably will, but uh, I call that Verdant Firma, which was the closest thing I could think to of Greenland, because this is the ice planet. It's all icy. It's It's just all ice. It's hot. That's it, yeah. Nobody's going to lick the floor and be like, it's salt, because it's ice. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I hate that shit so much. You really need a, man, people are going to be too dumb and think this place is off. So we need someone to go, oh, this is salt. This isn't ice. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, other than the packed worlds or whatever, you got any special little worlds you enjoy or uh, your twists on the packed worlds or I, desks? I, 
I tend not to um, wholesale make worlds for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, I tend to just sort of work because a big thing with Starfinder, I find, is that things feel really, I, I don't know, iso- lonely, I guess is my best way of putting it. There doesn't feel to be a very denseness to the world building. You know, mm-hmm. some stuff happens over there and some stuff happens over here, but the bridge between those is pretty far. Yeah. So, and like we'd said earlier, uh, I actually ha- wasn't running Starfinder for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So now that I have started to, I've been trying very hard to make it feel sort of dense and lived in. So I've been trying to keep it packed in to a couple planets. Uh, but one that I just uh, started working on the other day and I've already put into a game is uh, what I call the Castrovalian Zone, mm-hmm. which is on the planet of Castrovale, which is basically Venus, if it was nice, uh, jungle planet, you know, lots of alien dinosaurs, lots of like forests and stuff. Uh, I have what um, is this area, which was originally a drift uh, factory. There's the drift drive, which allow you to basically fold space by pulling you through extra dimensional energies traveling through planes and whatnot Mm -hmm. so uh i have what was a factory for these kind of drives that was built here that had a big accident uh, and created sort of a dimensional energy zone that things are just messed up uh very much based on uh stalker the film by uh tarkovsky and uh the book that inspired that roadside picnic those kind of things Mm -hmm. those things in particular i know that there's the game series stalker that is pretty uh, popular also based on those two things. I haven't played that game and I don't really know anything about it. So I didn't base it off that specifically. It was, it was more the movie and the book. But um, I just think it's a fun area. I like the idea. And drift uh, engines, I think, are a cool thing. There's a lot of stuff in the books about how just like normally using your drift drive can accidentally shunt you into yeah. a, a plane or something. And I think that's mm-hmm. really fun. And uh, I just like the idea of an area where uh, that basically happened to an entire area. Yeah, no, that that's pretty good. Uh, I have I've been trying to work in a way because there's the class in Starfinder called the Witch Warper, which is very much you're connected to um, changing multiverses and dimension stuff. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, you could go ahead and finish. <laughs> Oh, I've been trying to make sure make that somehow fit into the entire idea of drifting because mm-hmm. otherwise I don't really that's the thing I see about a lot of Starfinder classes especially the ones that are more specific I don't really see how you can get multiple versions of them like in Pathfinder there can be a ton of different kinds of alchemists because alchemy is just a thing you can do mm-hmm. but how do you get multiple kinds of Salarians exactly uh, but yeah, that's one thing uh, about Witch Warper that because it's a newer thing, I haven't really thought about integrating it much and everything. And the way they sort of talk about it is very much like it's a multiversal thing. It seems like it's a thing separate from the planes. Yeah, planes um, are technically a separate thing, but like not necessarily, I guess. Yeah, so that's one thing. Um, I had to think about was if I wanted to integrate a multiverse and that sounds there's like pros and cons to it that I it's very it sounds fun and freeing but there's a lot of you're already having to populate a universe yeah exactly I really like the idea of it when I think about it 
for a multiverse if I'm adding it to the Pathfinder, uh, my Pathfinder world, because there's a lot of things, because it's an RPG and there's so many choices, different things happen. There's a lot of fun things that you could do there where like, what if this specific choice my player made, players made, or something worked out very differently or what ramifications it has and everything. I think there's a lot of fun and potential for that. But when you start to look at it as like a solar system scale or what I have a multi-solar system scale, like uh, it's sort of too big for that idea. Like, I guess I could be like, oh, this this world, uh, Galarian or... uh, Alorsis, my world, uh, didn't disappear. Yeah. Or, like, I guess the swarm uh, did a better job in this one. Uh, it, once you take it to that big of a scale, it's hard to kind of think of that sort of thing. Like, like for example, if you, with the Marvel multiverse, uh, you see a lot of Marvel multiverse stuff uh, where it's like Spider-Man and stuff, uh, like the Avengers, uh, how they play differently with what ifs and everything. You don't see too many of that kind of stuff when you go on like a cosmic scale. Right. You don't see too many multiversal guardians of the galaxy type Yeah, or adventures like Nova. Or Nova or Silver yeah, Surfer. Once you get, like you see, you see those when they interact with the earthly stuff. But right. like... You, you like I, I don't think there's ever been like a different version of nowhere. Yeah, on... I think the biggest thing for me is it's or biggest example is in what if with uh what if Star Lord was T'Challa. Um mm-hmm. it's very hard for me to look at that besides knowing oh T'Challa's here. Uh how there how is space any different? Here? Yeah, exactly. How you can easily make characters or like uh, specific things in them different, but you can't, it's hard to affect space as a whole. Right. And make that different and worth like multiversal travel and stuff. For uh, that's why I've I've connected Witch Warpers to just planes as well, mm-hmm. just because I think that makes a lot more sense and is a lot more usable in the moment. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll probably do that um for it, it like pretty if i have to deal with which work for soon uh before i decide if and uh what i'll do for like a starfinder multiverse uh but if not i'll yeah i'll just keep it to i mean stuff the closest thing um because in in mine i guess there is a multiverse but it's not exactly travelable mm-hmm. um because like there's items in starfinder like the multiversal mirror which you can, it's a hybrid magical item. You can use it to see different actions and it gives you a plus to certain skills. Yeah. But, um, so I try not to have too much like travel yeah. multiverse. Because if you look at it, it, ours kind of has to be in a multiverse. We exist with, in the same yeah, universe. Yeah. Because yeah, we've existed at one point and then there was a split at some point in history. So there's at least mine and yours. Right. So yeah um through the floating islands of flog yeah yeah there's that that's kind of the only way of travel between them and we specifically made it where it's not travel but if we wanted any like specific character crossovers or anything like that or threats coming from one to the other um we left that door open we 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 left that door open 
by that mirror makes a copy of yourself with their memories and everything in the other world. Right. Um, which I guess we never thought what would happen if that happened and immediately you touched it again, made another copy in the other world. Yeah, I, I think it I, that just, just doesn't happen. Say, yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen. Once there's a copy of you in that world, you, you, you can't go and do it again. <laughs> If you if your copy came back to the mirror, but you didn't, then it, the, the mirror would do nothing for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like that idea. Uh, the Castrovalian zone. It's a new area. Like I literally made it just a couple days ago. Yeah. No. And then immediately put it into a game. Mm -hmm. uh, but beyond that, one thing, because we're, we're running a little low on time, but I did want to go into how we translated things that we established in path, our Pathfinder worlds into Starfinder. Like I started with the planet itself or the crystalline forest, but especially like factions, because factions are a big thing in Starfinder. Oh yeah. Um, factions are a pretty big thing in Starfinder. And um, because I guess I specifically did uh, the whole, uh, um, Galarian or my world is gone or whatever and um I do a lot of my plannings and the other systems factions to transition yeah. over so yeah I have like religions but no like warlords because the gods like still specific. exist and... yeah exactly uh but that's not the case with your world so no yeah um with my world a lot of the factions do persist um for the most part in various for the most part, the same, but in different forms. I had the uh, dwarven kingdoms and then the elven families as my two big, like, mm -hmm. non-human, I guess, uh, factions going on. Um, and those, for the most part, still exist, except instead of being, like, kingdoms or whatnot, they've become corporations yeah, because of no. capitalism. Yeah, no, capitalism rules. That's, like, the <laughs> biggest, like, message of Starfinder is how cool capitalism is. It's weird. <laughs> um but yeah i think it's specifically that capitalism can cause hardships and whatnot, oh yeah yeah and that it's, and an it's easy very much place to get me. big super villains and whatnot yeah. but uh no, i think capitalism is pretty cool okay. i have some cool companies in my game um so yeah my most of my like dwarven and elven families who for the most part in my world, we're very much like, these are the wizard elves. Mm -hmm. These are the alchemist dwarves. They still exist. They just do slightly different things, especially now that those classes have changed quite a bit. Now, yeah, of, no, that's fair. Instead of wizard elves, they're technomancer elves. And instead of alchemist dwarves, they're biohacker dwarves. Fuck yeah, dude. Are those biohacker dwarves? Uh, but for the most part, they still exist in roughly the same form they did back then. Uh, the churches still exist and whatnot. Um, for the most part, they they have shifted a little bit. They've gone from like a monkhood or priesthood. They still are, but now they're closer to like your mega churches, your Fuck your yeah. evangelicals, those kind of things. Uh, and then my biggest thing is I turned a lot of the separate, disparate kingdoms, like the human kingdoms or the orc kingdoms or the goblin tribes. Uh, they've each have sort of conglomerated into one united front. Fuck they it, are dude. all together a, a parliamentary government kind of thing. Yeah, no, that fucking rules. No, um, 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't translate too many factions. Surprisingly, I think I have character translations more than factions. <laughs> I, I guess those are easier to come over and whatnot. Um, but yeah, uh, it did. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I have like, like you have like families or whatever, but I have like specific uh, people who might still be around. I don't know if I mentioned him in the last Pathfinder one, but um, sort of my main antagonist of uh, my Pathfinder and kind of the Starfinder after that uh is someone i call bimbo the no i hate that guy uh yeah no uh, he's he's the worst but um he's he's this really powerful uh gnome um he's a bit think a bit like uh mixopitalic from, from uh DC superman Comics. yeah uh but yeah so he's he's still around and whatnot and uh he he's caused some trouble for the players in the future probably not as much as the past but that might change yeah um i had your legacy long running character chet faker yes uh he he came and visited starfinder for a bit yeah he's a gnome too uh gnomes are important don't forget about them (laughs) i heard that the other day that gnomes are one of the most like forgettable or like forgotten like uh races in rpg really we use gnomes maybe too much uh honestly my most forgotten race is halflings and yeah, i've said no. this i i almost will never put a halfling where i can put a gnome yeah no exactly <laughs> i'm the exact same way i just think gnomes are way more fun uh, um <laughs> there's yeah. my yeah so we had chet faker uh who if you listen to the pathfinder one you'll get some of his exploits he went to the future yeah he went to the future so uh there's this whole thing about um uh so there's this guy there's this big warlord and he was uh using a bit of um it's kind of like the gap he was sort of he found a way to make a miniaturized gap around himself so everybody around him would basically lose object permanency on Mm -hmm. him so like he could go and do stuff and then people would forget about it. Uh, but that was like a one-time sort of thing he cast where he was like, uh, I, I've made, I've- It's basically a pardon. It, it's, so. it's like a spell, yeah, he put on everybody at once. It's not what it was, but that's that for- It's not a continuous thing yeah. that keeps happening. So uh, what, so someone's solution to that was the God, Lone Day. Uh, went back to collect a, a holy champion from a forgotten time. Um, and, and listen uh, to the Pathfinder episode if you want to know yeah, how Chet Baker became one of those. Yeah, because uh, his companion, uh, Paul Adon, was, uh, became a holy champion. And he kind of squeezed I piggybacked on top of that, literally. And a, sort of a similar thing happened here. I mean, it wasn't because the thing, this one I specifically made the case. Uh, but she went back for Paul and picked up Chet instead. Um, and so he had a bit of a romp in uh, Starfinder times going around doing Star. Uh, and the so the Knights of Galorian uh, were, I still had them as a pretty hefty faction because of the god Lone yeah. and everything. And they follow her. And because Chet Faker was a holy champion for... Um, 
for her he was kind of seen as royalty to them yeah but like and, a like a big deal in their religion and one thing i have in the world i'm not sure if the book does this but i know we both do this where a gold coin is worth heaps of credits and stuff yes. and chet faker i don't know if we've mentioned this before but he keeps a pretty hefty sack of gold coin uh right between uh where his uh scrotum and butthole would be commonly known as the taint yeah also known uh, as the gooch yeah he yeah he keeps a, a little bag of gold strapped up on his gooch and that for emergencies yeah for emergencies and that kind of made him uh pretty wealthy in the time of uh plus he he loves to just get things for free and i leveraged my holy champion status to get things for free from the church no he got his own like starship and everything uh it, it was it was very uh it was very fortunate for Chet. Um, he did go back to the time of Pathfinder uh, after he made his, uh, uh, after he completed his mission and whatnot. Before that, he made a deal with a devil uh, to get a new magic item that was like, because he's a bard, he got a new, it's basically a hell guitar, you know, the classic, it's an yeah, axe, yeah. it's a guitar, it's demon themed. It was one of those. And he made the deal to sell his soul the next week and then went back in time thousands of years to the past. So he didn't have to sell his soul for a good while. Yep, I got so much time. Yeah, no. Um, so that was a lot of fun. He's one of my favorite Starfinder yeah. characters. There's my other character um, uh, that is just from Starfinder. Yeah, he is a Starfinder character. You stole the name from Rick and Morty. I did. Maximus, uh, Maximus Renegade. Renegade uh, um, who is a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a, so he had the theme of an icon. So, so he was relatively he's famous. A, he, yeah, he's like, well, he's like commercial famous. Yeah. Like, you know, um, the guy from uh, the can, can You Hear Me Now guy or Jake from State Farm? He's that level of famous. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's also a relatively competent Solarian. Yeah, no, he's, he's like, he's pretty good at his job. He's in an adventure. Um, he's gone through some stuff. Um, one of my favorite moments with him was, so I had this dungeon. It was a spaceship. It, it was a dungeon with the skin of a spaceship on it. Yeah. Um, and it was this whole labyrinth thing. It's abandoned. It's got the, it's like infested with monsters and everything. And uh, he starts getting, like a, a monster shows up. Uh, I think it was a zombie and uh, it shows up and his immediate action is to run. And I had this whole thing mapped out. Adam, Adam had no access to the map. No, I, could, no, I didn't know shit. No foreknowledge or anything. And he just starts shouting directions as he's running <laughs> and I'm getting them. And by some fucking miracle of dumb luck, he made it all the way to the end of the dungeon. It was bypassed the whole thing. Uh, like every encounter I had set up, I'm like, God damn it, what a waste of time. <laughs> yeah i just somehow like in the zone just picked the direction to weave my way directly through that yeah, maze. like i was giving him options and he's like up left 
right i'm like god damn it uh and i'd like specifically try to make some of the choices more enticing and whatnot and he still was like no i'll go this way <laughs> and yeah. he, he bypassed the whole thing and ran through the whole thing with no problem um at the end of that he did get an assembly ooze which and i uh, love oozes he was he was quite fond of yeah i know adam's a big fan of oozes and this was pretty early on into playing uh, Starfinder and whatnot. So I'm like, uh, so the assembly ooze was a new concept. I'm like, oh, Adam would love this shit. And I did. So I, so I threw that in for him. I gave it a cute little pet personality. And he was real into it. Um, until, uh, sadly, there was he a lost wave that of zombies. Ooze. Yeah, and... there's a big, uh, there's a big wave of zombies. I think this was a separate Thing of zombies because you've had the ooze for a bit well, no i, I lost I at the exact same adventure oh, okay, i went then. back to where the other party members were with my ooze like hey guys check this shit out yeah he was like oh check this shit out um and then he tells he's like okay so solarians could do the solar supernova, flare, yeah supernova attack and he's like okay i could go take care of these guys you guys watch my ooze and they took off and they were talking i'm like uh i had them roll it was either no insight doesn't exist perception it was a perception check and they both did dog shit one rolled like a three the other one crit failed so like neither of them noticed that we started going and following uh adam's character maximus renegade uh and then adam goes he goes off his (laughs) and does his attack he just has enough time to see his ooze enter the range of the attack and die. And after that, uh, Maximus Renegade has been on sort of a downhill, uh, <laughs> on a bit downhill of a downward trip. spiral. Yeah, yeah, downward spiral of his life. Uh, so I think you killed both of them. I did. Yeah. Yeah. For revenge after that. Um, and then you were infected by a parasite that it gave you specific abilities. But it's very venom-like, where it like makes you a shit person. And, but this one's just kind of eating away at your body, so you're yeah. becoming more sickly. Like you got flakes of skin coming up, and everything. And I went to a hospital. Well, I got taken to a hospital where they tried to remove it, but because I was infected by the parasite, uh, I escaped. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "No, they're not gonna get rid of my cool parasite," and he escaped um and the last time we've seen him we've yet to return to maximus renegade but uh i have some plans for him but the last time we've seen him was when chet faker showed up into the future and there was a bit of a you know that classic thing and movies and whatnot when you have two main characters who don't interact they pass by each other he's leaving a space gas station restroom as uh chet faker's going into it or it might have been vice versa i think it was vice versa and they bump shoulders and chet faker goes man that guy seems like an ass well yeah chet faker bumped his shoulder into his waist or whatever yeah uh but yeah and he's like that guy's a real asshole and that's the last we've seen of him so far he he does do ads for like energy drinks yeah he's got he's got heaps of different ads there's energy drinks ads um i think there's one for uh like an exercise sweat band yeah um and he, he kills he, goblins for he sure goblins for sure he's definitely like done advertisement for some mobile game on your <laughs> data pad 
um, uh, but yeah, I think I think that will have to do us. Yeah, look, I, we got a good uh, amount of fun characters. One thing uh, I will say about Starfinder, um, it does feel like it's uh, there's something about it that feels so much more. Um, what's the word? I've the only word I could think is fertile for oh. criminal the rise of criminal empires oh yeah uh and i it, it was it very much spiraled for a group i played and they all played as yaskians and whatnot no and only then, one was a no, i think two of them yeah I think two it was of them ernesto were. but the main chunk of the group was yaskians and they started calling their little game the black rats um and then they incidentally did like a 9-11 and drug running and stuff uh and so now the black rats are a massive faction i have uh in my starfinder yeah. universe. uh and i find i there's something about starfinder that feels like it's it's much easier to have that sort of thing happen maybe it's the corporation lifestyle and whatnot going on oh. but it's it's not something i hate it's pretty uh, fun as you can tell uh we have a lot of fun playing it we have just a ton of stuff on it like i very i feel like i just scratched the surface i have a bunch of other planets that have stuff oh on yeah there. like i only yeah. talked about one of my solar system when i have three more like just set out like i got one one's another yellow star one's a white star and one circling a massive black hole so which i really uh, like so yeah we got plenty to talk about if we ever want to return to this topic look i think we said the same thing about pathfinder so maybe we'll like jump back and forth we'll return to pathfinder first, maybe that'll be fun and then return to starfinder first so look it's i i know these episodes aren't for everybody but it's fun to talk about and it's fun get for those us out yeah yeah and so you guys play tabletop rpgs of any kind we'd love to hear either about your games or more specifically at least for me what mechanics you have i'm always yeah, on the no, hunt mechanic, for good. any homebrew you have yeah it's like settings uh like character options uh mechanics i uh, we oh excuse me <laughs> we'd love to hear that shit so get at us at our email at the atomic email at gmail.com uh twitter uh, at atomic androids or Instagram at the Atomic and no uh, Atomic Android twenty twenty. That's it. Um, uh, but thanks for listening, and yeah. we'll see you next week. Look, uh, play RPGs if you haven't. They're fun. Um, they're fun. Bye. Bye. Like, I picture it like a horror movie, like someone's calling it a horror movie, but it'd be like a fucking chip screen going. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.